All right. Praise God. It is good to be together, isn't it? Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I want to... Um, I wanted to kick off um, inviting everyone um, this uh, Friday. No, I'm sorry, this, this is Thursday. It is Thursday? Okay, this Thursday, July 9th. Yes, that aligns. That checks out. This Thursday, um, we're going to do a day of prayer and fasting. Um, and uh, what we're looking for is to, we want to we stand and pray for healing and reconciliation in our nation right now. So as we're continuing to have this um, this. Um, Upheaval might be a good word. Um, I really truly believe God is working in the midst of this. And we as the people of God, we are the ones that have actually been given the opportunity where it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. It doesn't say if those people. It doesn't say if the wicked will turn around and repent. It doesn't say if those that are in power will do the right thing or those who have more prestige or, or popularity will say the right thing or if somebody will just make a movie or say something on social media, then I will heal their land. It doesn't say any of those things. It says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will come and heal their land. And so right now, I, I just want to invite all of us. What we're going to do is we're actually going to fast for the day, and then we're joining together um, with all kinds of churches and people uh, from our community, and we're going we're to gather on Free Speech Plaza from 5.30 to 6.30, and we're going to pray and ask God to heal our land from some of the remaining uh, issues regarding racism, because that's part of our history. And in some places, that's still part of our present but how many of you guys know that Jesus came to bring us the spirit and the ministry of reconciliation of all mankind with God and with one another? Do you think that's worth getting together and praying about? Because here's what we know. We said, if, he said, if we will do it, he will come and heal our land. And we can't heal our land without him. Amen? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray into this right now. I'm going to pray that we'll pray. How about that? Lord God Almighty, we come before you right now. I think of that scripture that says that we, we weep with those who weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. Well, Father, for those of us that are able to rejoice right now, we choose to weep with those who weep. Lord, for those that are able to weep, I pray that as we come and, and, and we're weeping with them, that we together could then all rejoice. So Lord, in this moment, bring peace. Bring healing. Bring wisdom, bring reconciliation, bring righteousness that we really can say at last, at last, at last, we as a people, we all are free. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'll see you Thursday, huh? And then afterwards, then it's a good excuse to break our fast and go out to dinner together. There ain't, there, there ain't, no, kind of, there ain't no kind of meal of breaking bread together after you fasted. That is the fun way to do it. Woo, thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, thank you, Lord. Okay, well, this, uh, this morning I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Psalm 119, uh, verse 105. And uh, if you brought your Bible, um, be it inside of your phone, shrunk down inside of your phone, or the really powerful one, the paper one, you can open up there. We're also going to put it up there. Um, 119, verse 105. Yeah, verse 105. And it's, uh, you guys are familiar with it. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word 
is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Last week, I, I, I spoke about how important it is. I, I shared from the scripture where Jesus tells us that those who hear my sayings, those who hear my word and do it are like those who built their house on the rock as opposed to those who built their house on the sand. And when the storm comes, the house stands if you do these things. However, how many of you know that in order to do something, you have to actually know about it? Amen? If you're going to do something, you have to know what it is in order to do it. And the only way that we're going to know how to do what it is that God says we're supposed to do is if we're in the scriptures. And the psalmist here, David, says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So this morning, what I'm going to talk about is the scriptures themselves, the word. What is it? What is it for us? And why do we need it? Because if it is, if it is needed, then, then we, we better know the value of it. How many of you guys know we need to know something's valuable in order to value it? So let's just take a moment, dig down deep into the scriptures. And the first thing that we see is that the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What's the opposite of that? I mean, if it is a lamp, then what does it mean if I don't have the word? It means that I don't, it means that I don't know where I'm going. And if it's a light to my path, it means I don't know where I'm traveling. I don't know where to go or what to do. How many of you guys look around and you see this lawless, crazy situation? How many of you have noticed that there's a lot of people out there that don't know what to do or how to get there? (laughs) It's really hard to get there when you don't even know where you're going. So the scripture actually tells us, here's where you're going. Here's the path that you're called to. And here's how you get there. Here's the light so that your feet can stay on that path. So the scriptures are the light and the path. Amen? Shows us how to get there. Go with me to Ephesians 6, 17. Ephesians 6, 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The, the sword of the Spirit. Now, this is in the context of when we're being told about the armor of God so that we can, having done all, stand. And then we stand with this armor on. Well, one of, the, one of the areas of armor, the offensive weapon that you have against the enemy, is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you guys recall when Satan attacked Jesus with temptation and offered him all of the things that Jesus was supposed to do, but in a way that Jesus wasn't supposed to do them. How many of you guys know that when, when Satan was, was tempting Jesus, he was tempting him with, with the very things that Jesus came to do? What did Jesus come to do? To save the world. What did Satan tempt him with? I'll give you the whole world. Do you guys know that when Satan tempts us with different things, he takes God's stuff and says, but get it in a way that God didn't intend it. How am I going to defend myself from the enemy's schemes? By taking out the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. So it's a sword. We have, to, we have to have that sword. Now, how many of you guys know that if you don't actually know the word of God, you don't have a sword? We have to understand what the scriptures actually are or we actually don't have an offensive weapon against the accusations and temptations that Satan brings to us. The scripture is a sword. Let's go to the next one. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So we're still talking about the sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Did you guys know? Let me just ask you this question, right? And I, I want you to literally raise your hand. Like if you have breath in your lungs today, 
then I want you to think about this and then respond. How many of you, with a show of hands, have ever been completely sure that you were right about something? It's not a trick. Yeah, hopefully everyone. I mean, I'm worried if, no, if there's someone here who's like, I've never been sure, ever. Okay, now here's the next one, and there's no tricks here. How many of you have been completely sure that you were right about something and then later found out you were completely wrong? Amen. Everybody but Marianne. I'm kidding, Marianne. I'm sorry. We'll talk afterwards. Forgive me. So, listen. Now, if that's true, if that's true, and it is true, because let it be known, let the court, let, it, let the court note that exhibit A, everyone raised their hand, because we have all had a time when we were complete, we thought we were completely right, and we found out we were absolutely wrong. We've all had that absolute conviction, right? It's like, I really feel that this is the right way. I really feel like this is the right one. I remember the woman that I was supposed to marry, and I thank God every time that I look at Karen that I did not marry her. Say ouch or amen. Come on. That's so, I, you know what I mean? I was so right about that. Oh, I'm so, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for my wife, Karen. He was right about Karen. I agree with God. So we, we have to understand that this is possible for us, and the scripture says this. It says that the word of God actually judges the intentions and motivations of our heart. When we're in that place where we're just absolutely sure in our feeliest feels that we're right, the scriptures will come in and say, well, you can feely up your feels all you want. You're still wrong. Here's what God has to say. Here's what love actually looks like in this situation. And we have to have the scriptures or else we will find those places and they multiply, by the way. The, the less that you're in the scriptures, the more that your feely feels start giving you really bad information and you think you're completely right and it turns out you're completely wrong. And when you look at the scriptures, suddenly it opens up and you go, oh my God, I'm sinning against you right now. Sins of omission or commission. I'm doing my best and it's not even close to what you're wanting because I'm going the wrong direction. And it's not even because you're trying to do the wrong thing. You're actually trying to do the right thing. But without the scriptures, you won't. Say out your amen. In fact, um, um, Proverbs 21.2, you don't need to bring it up. It says, all a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. All of our ways. Don't they, they just seem right to me. There have been times, I think I've shared with you guys, when I've been in a real good fight with Karen and I called in backup. How many of you guys know that in every relationship you need one other person sometimes to come in and help you get that figured out, whether it's a dear close friend that you're in a fight with or whether it's your dear close friend that you're married to. Sometimes you need an objective person that comes in and listens and goes, you know, Joshua Rivas, I know you think you're exactly right and you're trying to teach your wife a real valuable lesson right now. But you're completely wrong. <laughs> we need that. Well, the scriptures is that, it's that voice that comes in and says, I know that your way seems right to you. But here's what God has to say about it. And suddenly you, you realize, oh, I was going the wrong direction. I'm seeing this completely wrong. Amen? Or more dangerously, sometimes I'm seeing this partially wrong. Let's keep going. Second Timothy, um, oh wait, no, no, I want to do Ephesians 5, 26, sorry. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 26, and, and it says that, uh, I love this one, this is the, our beautiful God's love for us, comparing his love for us with marriage, which is, a, which is a, an example of God's love for us. 
And it says this. I'm going to start actually in verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. All you men out there, look, look at each other and say, you're a beautiful bride of Christ. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Jesus loves us. He is the husband. We are all the bride. And he cleanses us and sanctifies us. How? With the washing of the water of the word. Which means if we're not in the word, we are not continually being cleansed and sanctified. Amen? You were saved because you believe that Jesus is who he says he is. But you are sanctified as you read, understand, and obey the word of God. Amen? So we're cleansed by the word. How many of you guys know that in order to be cleansed after a hard day's work, you gotta get into the shower? How many of you know that if you took a shower last Monday, it doesn't mean you smell good today? Amen? But we have a, I would dare say that some of us in our spiritual lives are rather stinky. I'll just let that one hang. 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That, there's a say law right there. You can trust this because the Spirit of God worked a miracle that this book even exists. This is a library of the inspired words of God wherewith we can live. Also, it says this, it's profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? The teachings that you're going to live by. These scriptures are the teachings that we live by. For reproof. You know what that means? It means rebuke. It means, well, and actually it's such a nice word, reproof. I'm going to have you reprove your position and I'm going to reprove this position to you. I'm going to prove it again. Are you with me? You need it to be proved to you again what's true because what you're doing is not so good. Amen? What I'm doing is not so good. I need some reproof. The scriptures are there for that. It's also good for correction. How many of you guys love correction? You don't have to raise your hand. I know that you all do because Proverbs says that fools hate correction and that the wise love correction. So I know everybody in this house loves correction. But you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know that you're supposed to like that painful thing called correction unless you read the scriptures and it told you that you get to choose if you want to be a fool or a wise person. Once I found out which one I could choose, I started liking correction. You guys are so quiet today. Is it because this is so profound? Everybody's, let it be known, everybody's head's doing this. For the instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The scriptures are doing this for us. We must have them. And then lastly, Romans 5, verse 14. Actually, I'm just gonna let you bring that one up. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. That's just a good word for us today as we're walking around in these annoying masks and just doing weird things. You know what I mean? It's like, golly, I'm so glad it says here that through patience and comfort, we can have hope. 
I feel like I need extra patience. Does anybody else in here need some extra patience lately? It's just a weird season, man. It's all covid and there's like political stuff going on and there's wars and rumors of wars and we've got like healing in our nation happening and really strong opinions. And you know where we can go for comfort? Right here it says that we can actually come and learn patience and comfort through the scriptures so that we can have hope. How many of you guys know? I just want to tell you, listen, according to these scriptures, you have good reason to have hope that the little storm that we're in right now cannot separate us from the love of Christ, that his kingdom has come, is coming, and will come, and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven, all right? His will is being done on earth and will continue until there's so much heaven on earth that Jesus comes. Are you with me? That's what this book says. I feel like you should be a little more encouraged by that. Hallelujah, thank you. It's, that's it, revival just started right here. That's it. It's gonna spread. There's fire in this corner right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we must have these scriptures. And I, and I wanna say this, guys, to the extent... To the extent that you and I as individuals are not encouraged, to the extent that we are not hopeful, to the extent that we are impatient, to the extent that we are angry and sinning, to the extent that we are anxious, is to the extent that we are not consistently in the word. You have no power to stand and be at peace and have the fruit of the spirit unless you are in these scriptures each day and these scriptures are in you. Jesus didn't make a different way for you to have peace that passes understanding. This is the way. It's the only way. And what's happening is many of us, honestly, are blind, pathless, swordless, dirty, stinky, self-righteous opinionocracies that are walking around posting and talking and sad and anxious and mad and irritated. We don't look that much different in the world sometimes. And when that's happening, I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm saying this to convict all of our hearts to go, why is this happening? Jesus actually invited us into abundant life. Why is this happening? Why am I just as grumpy as the people that don't even know God? And in some cases, even more grumpy. Ouch, right? Ouch. And it's to the extent that I'm actually outside of the rhythms of being in this word and being in his presence. And so I actually don't have strength. And when the enemy comes and says, just so you know, it's going to get worse. And I'm like, oh, is it? Is it? And then all my Christian friends are like, oh, it's totally going to get worse. This is really bad. It's really bad. Is it? Oh, no. And if I don't go here and go, well, wait a minute. Hold on. What's it say? Oh, he wins. He wins. It goes from strength to strength and glory to glory. works all things to the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes. Jesus won a complete victory and said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to do everything that I've commanded you. And when the gospel is preached in all of the earth, I will come. And by the way, if it feels like I'm taking a long time, it's just because of my kindness that I'm leaving more time so more people can come into the kingdom of heaven and have eternal life because I came and gave you everything and it's complete victory. It's pretty hard. At that point, you can see my smile through my dust mask. You look at my eyes and go, that dude's not grumpy. He's having a hard time singing through his mask, but he's not grumpy. Are you guys with me? You know, there's a... (laughs) I know, that's another another preach. I want to give you a practical tool here because, um, because we have to come to a close. 
I want to give you a practical tool. This is a, this is a, let me, let me share a testimony too. There's a practical tool I'm going to share with you and it's called the sword drill. I got the sword drill actually from one of my spiritual daddies, Red Crab pointed it out to me. He was meeting with a young man and helping him come out of an addiction to sexual brokenness and discovered this tool that we're actually using here at Christ Center called the Conquer Series which has been phenomenal. And we're seeing like God is doing an incredible work in all of the church, but he's doing it here in our house. And you know what he's doing? He is healing his people from addiction. Somebody say amen. He is bringing, he's breaking shame off of people and bringing people into the kingdom out of addictions. And he's doing it in our house. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? People that have been enslaved and in bondage for months and years are getting free. And you know how we're getting free? Do you know how that's happening to us as a, as a people? Do you know how he's sanctifying us? Through the scriptures, through the rhythms of discipleship and understanding that this stuff in this word actually works. And when we do it, it actually transforms our lives. So here's the tool that, uh, that I loved. So Red brought this to me and said, hey, listen, you've got to check out this great tool, the Conquer series. And one of the, one of the tools within that tool I'm using the word tool too much, but I want to lose it at least one more time, is the sword drill. And it's an acronym, and, um, and it's a fantastic way for each of us to engage in the scriptures. Because I think this is where it breaks down for us. A lot of times what happens is we, many of us may, may be in the scriptures each day, and, and here's what I don't want you to do. Don't be discouraged. I'm not criticizing what you're currently doing. Don't hear it that way. Whatever you're doing to be in the scriptures is profitable. All right, just receive that. Whatever you're doing right now, if you're consistently in the scriptures, whether you're listening to them, whether you're reading them, whether you're getting like a little boop thing on your phone that says, hey, here's the verse of the day, that is all going in the win column. What I'm suggesting is that we continue to build upon that. Amen? But what can happen is, is, um, is when we are passive about the receiving of the word and don't engage with the word, that's different than engaging with the word. Can, can you guys receive that word? That, that there's a difference between passive and active, right? There's a difference between observing and engaging. And this is a really great tool to help us to navigate from observing into engaging, from passively listening to actively listening and then engaging so that we're not just hearers of the word, but also doers, amen? So what the, sword, what the sword drill is, is it's, a, it's, an, it's an acronym, and I want to just walk you through it. Also, we printed some of these up for you, and, um, and also, if, if you want to check out Conquer Series as well, we've got it on the bottom of the sheet, I believe, and you can go to conquerseries.com if you want to look into, the, into some of those tools as well, and we are offering that. If you are currently struggling with any kind of sexual addiction, man, we want to walk with you out of that because God came to set us all free. Amen? So that's also a cool thing. But here's the tool that I've borrowed from them. The first one is S. So what you're going to do is you're going to take some time, get a handy-dandy little notebook. Here's mine. Here's mine. It's my little journal. And you sit down in the morning in a quiet place. I prefer coffee. Tea is also okay. You don't even have to drink caffeine. It turns out the kingdom of heaven works without caffeine. You open your Bible up to a scripture, and that's the first step. Number one, S stands for scripture. You open it up and you read the scripture. Now there's many ways you can do that. I like to read through, sometimes I'll just read through Psalms until a particular verse catches my, my heart. Go, oh, Lord, 
That's, the, that's a word from you right now. Or maybe if, if, if I'm in Psalms, per, per, perhaps, maybe it's like, oh, Lord, that's my voice to you right now. Like, that resonates. And so you take that scripture and you just write it out. Scripture. You write the scripture. So that's S of sword. Scripture. And we're going to give you a sheet so you can, uh, you'll be able to hold on to this. See, what's, what's going to happen then is after you write out that scripture, and, and, and here's something I want you to catch. Did you know that when you write something down, you take greater note of it than if you just read it? Writing it is part of you bringing it into yourself. You're, you're actually taking the time. It's part of the meditation. It's part of the process. You're, you're writing it down. You're taking that time. It's, it's, it, think of it as this. I'm writing it on this journal, but I'm also writing it on my heart. You're engaging your brain with it. You're telling your brain, this is important. Amen? The next thing is, is that you wait. Hold on. In this day and age? Wait? Well, the scripture is actually there, and we see again and again and again that we're called to meditate on the scripture. Not just blow right by onto the next thing. It's, it's, not, it's not to be quickly pushed through. No, you take the time and you wait. I'm going to read the words from... Uh, from uh, Dr. Ted here. He says, sometimes we read scripture only to feel empty inside or not even absorb what we've read. We're so preoccupied with getting through the Bible, whether it be an annual plan or simply a book we've been instructed to read, that we fail to digest any of its transformative message. What's really required of us spiritually is to read scripture meditatively, to be overpowered and challenged by the word, allowing it to read and interpret us. That's right. The scripture reads us. And since scripture is God-breathed, it's infallible and anointed to help us no matter what we might be facing. We're letting that scripture get into us. You're not rushing towards what you think it should mean. You're taking time to let the spirit of God breathe on the scripture, breathe on you. Amen? I like to use the, um, the emphasis meditation when I wait. You know, I'll take one and I've already shared with you what that is, but each word, just emphasize that word. Read through it, emphasize the first word, then the second, then the third then the fourth. By the time you get through it, you've read through that scripture like seven or eight times or 14 times depending on how long the scripture is and suddenly then you are ready to, to go to the next step which is to observe. We observe. This is crucial. We need to observe and write down what emerges clarifying our thought process. So you're journaling now and you're saying, okay, what is it that I'm engaging with? Simply by writing something down, we engage a new area of the brain that complements the profound process of connecting with the Bible. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are wired to hear the scriptures and respond to them. Amen? The next thing that you're going to do is R. Request the Holy Spirit. That's a Selah right there. Request the Holy Spirit to help you see how all of this applies to your life. This isn't for those people over there. This is for me right here. I'm the one that's reading the scriptures. I'm the one that's letting those scriptures do everything that we just listed. The two-edged sword, amen? Letting the spirit of God begin to show me what I need to hear right now and how I need to respond right now. What are his promises for me? What's my identity? And it goes on, of course. And so we're writing, those, we're writing those things out as we're requesting of the Holy Spirit. We're writing it out. Lord, I, I'm requesting of you, show me what, where we are. And then lastly, D, dedicate yourself. This is about taking action on what God has revealed to you through his word. 
It's about making a commitment of heart and will to act on the message that's been delivered to us. Committing to an action plan based on what has been revealed to you by God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. You've, you've taken that time to request from the Lord, Holy Spirit, show me what you're saying. And then you're requesting from the Lord, Holy Spirit, give me power to act upon that. But then you're dedicating yourself saying, Lord, today. How many of you guys know the scripture says, as long as it is today, do not harden your heart. Lord, today. Today, help me as I respond to this. I realize I have anxiety. Your word says, be anxious for nothing. But with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And you know what? Today, every time an anxious thought comes, I'm going to thank you for all the things that are going right. And then I'm going to ask you to work in that situation. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust you're going to work and I'm going to stop thinking about it. That's a good action plan. That's a good way to dedicate yourself to that particular scripture. Amen? How many of you can receive this word today? Will you receive this word today? All right, why don't you stand up? I'm gonna pray for you and we'll, uh, we'll go out and do it. And also on your way out, the papers are right in the back by this door, so on your way out, please gr- feel free to grab one of those worksheets. Uh, they're just a super great way to re-engage with the scriptures. You just hold your hands out like you're receiving a gift just as a, just as a, a fun way to say, I receive this. Lord God, I pray that this word would fall upon fertile ground in all of our hearts, Lord. Lord, may we respond to your scriptures today. And God, I ask that as for this house, as for Christ Center, today is a watershed moment where we fall more in love with your word and embrace rhythms of health as disciples of Christ like never before. I declare, Lord, that this is a turning point for all of us who have been living a, a, a unexamined, unintentional life. We, we, we pray to prayer and we love you, but we don't really know what to do from there. And today that changes as we embrace the rhythms of being in the scriptures each day. And then obeying what you've said, write it on our hearts, write it on our minds. We will follow you. And if you agree with that prayer, let's say amen. 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 Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you, uh, we'll see you Thursday, right? Thursday, 530, Free Speech Plaza.